I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. All out of bubblegum. fucking Mark Twain shit, because it's definitely getting chiseled on your tombstone. My name's Claire. My cat, Imelda, was an internet sensation. So you lost a cat too? Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm going to do. There's no way I'm picking that much love and devotion to something again. Just have it all fall to pieces in an instant. <laughs> Bodies of four young female backpackers from the Czech Republic were found last night, brutally murdered in a Melbourne hostel. Police have described the scene as sickening. Has it gotten any easier? It has. What's your secret then? I guess I found a way of bringing him back. for listening to who will survive horror podcast this is your host paul and with me as always is marco hey hey what's up <laughs> what's going on man i'm good i'm good that's good uh so we are back we kind of uh are bouncing around all over the place here and yeah this is another one of our bonus slash interview episodes where we uh came across something and were able to get a hold of the person responsible for making this movie wanted to find out a little bit more about it and the movie is uh well so it's another one of these ones where it's confusing about the release dates but for us here in the u.s it actually just 
kind of widely became available this year, but it's been out for a couple of years in right. other places, and that is the movie Cat Sick Blues. And yes. with us is the director and, I believe, co-writer, uh, David Jackson, or Dave Jackson. Hey, how's Dave. it going? Do you prefer Welcome. Dave or David? I forgot to ask. Uh, I usually go with Dave. Okay. Yeah. Dave works. <laughs> so then he'll call you David. That's just how it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it's uh, great to have you on. I know we had to do a little bit of uh, what we like to call time traveling here in the podcast world where we have to get together with people on opposite ends of the world and uh, kind of fight uh, time zone and, and international dateline differences. So being that we are almost a whole day uh, behind you, can you tell us anything that happens in the future that we should be <laughs> ready for? Uh, yeah, well, I think, uh, Donald Trump will probably do something crazy. <laughs> so there you go. That's, Be prepared for that. Yeah. 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 I was that's, just going to ask, is, uh, on Monday, is Donald Trump still our president? Can you tell, can you tell us? It's like, damn uh, that, it. that would be ruining the surprise. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you can't know too much or else you might start evaporating from the family photo. Right. <laughs> right. <clears throat> but yeah, so you are actually, you're from Australia, but you're currently staying in Japan, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been living in Osaka for the uh, last year, year and a bit. Okay. Yeah. Now, was that um, kind of a long-term thing? Are you planning on staying there for quite a while or? Uh, I don't really have any uh, concrete sort of plans, but I'm definitely going to be here for at least another year. Okay. Um, I really want to make a, a feature while I'm here, but sure. we'll see how that goes. Yeah, mm. that's cool. That's cool. How how what what kind of prompted that move? Were you really into the the culture, or did you know other people there or anything? Or um, yeah. So my my partner is originally from Tokyo. Okay. Uh, she she grew up in Australia, but uh, her family lives in Tokyo. Okay. So we we visited there about um, she's almost like almost ten years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and I just I absolutely loved it, and uh, I'd always wanted to to move here, but it just took us a long time to get up the uh, the nerve to leave mm-hmm. Australia and and come over here. Um, yeah, so that that was really the main reason. I just uh, yeah I yeah I guess it's the the culture and just how completely strange and different it is from Australia. Sure. So yeah, sure. I just wanted to experience something new. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot more population density there. I would say, huh? Yeah, it's yeah. very, yeah, <laughs> definitely, especially compared to Australia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's cool. So now the, uh, the the movie that we had found you through with, was Cat Sick Blues. Uh, when you made that back in 2015 now, right? That was, it's been uh, a few years. Yeah, I'm trying to remember when we, we shot it in 2015, I think, end of 2014, start of okay. 2015. Okay. Um and then it sort of, a, I think it properly came out on Blu-ray and uh, DVD in Australia in 2016. Right. So I guess it's like somewhere around that time frame, 2015, 2016. Mm. Yeah. Sure, sure. Mm. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, um, now that you, you made in Australia, all the, the people were in that were Australian actors and it, it seemed like that yeah. was, uh, everyone was kind of, what, what part of Australia are you from originally? Uh, I'm from Melbourne, so yeah, it was all okay. all shot in uh, in Melbourne. Although, our, our, weirdly enough, our lead actress was Scottish, just by some weird chance that she happened to be in Australia at the time and oh, came along that's... to the audition. I'm like, well, we didn't write that character as Scottish, but that's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was the best person that we saw, so yeah, cool. our lead Scottish. 
but everyone yeah. else is from Melbourne, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's uh, a fun little mix there, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of from uh, from not too nearby, you wouldn't expect, right? Mm. Um, yeah, no, I I think uh, it's it, it has kind of, like, you can almost kind of see the influence in that where it has this almost cartoonish like demented Japanese sensibility to it. So I could kind of see where your, your heart is at with that. And mm. you, you are kind of continuing into making sort you're kind of leaning into that direction a little bit with some of your new stuff now, right? A little bit. Yeah. I, I it's really hard to explain what my new stuff is because it doesn't <laughs> quite fit into horror. So it's like, yeah, I, I don't really know where it comes from, but sure. yeah, it's still okay. kind of, it's still kind of weird and, and strange. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, weird and strange is good enough. We don't. It doesn't yeah. all have to be. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't have to be um, textbook horror all the time. Right. Yeah. To yeah. kind of fit in to where the the horror fans would actually still love mm. something like that. Yeah. Uh, cool. So, how did you like? W- what was your your way into making films? Obviously, as a kid, I'm sure you grew up liking horror movies and you know all that kind of stuff, like everyone else did. But did you go to school for it, or did you kind of just start working for some people? Uh, yeah, so, yeah, all, all through high school, I was pretty obsessed with uh, making stuff. When I was, um, I think, I, was, I must have been like 15 or 16, I made like a 70-minute <laughs> film, which kind of blows my mind that I spent so much time doing that. That's um, Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, I, like, I used to make stuff just with my friends back then, uh, and then I, yeah, went to film school for a couple of years, um, and then guess I uh, the way I sort of continued making stuff is um, I got involved with a, a bunch of uh, c- sort of comedy writers in, in Melbourne um, and we sort of got together and we made a, a show for a local TV station um, so it was basically like like lots of different groups of comedians making really short sort of TV shows uh, mm-hmm. and it was put together into one sort of 30 minute block and that kind of um yeah the show i did was called fever dreams which is all up on on youtube and it was kind of comedy but it was basically just a chance for me to do really weird horror kind of comedy stuff um yeah and sort of that's that's how i met pretty much everybody who was in the crew of cat sick blues and and everybody that i I still work with now including the, the lead actor matt um all sort of came from that background of uh making that that comedy show so that's kind of how everything came together sure mm. yeah that's cool that's cool um you, you could you can almost kind of tell there's uh a, a, enough overacting from the uh the, the actors and stuff you know especially like with matt there's a lot of this weird overacting and and deadpan stares and stuff that he does that it, it almost kind of makes sense that he has a bit of a comedy background too where he's very expression or ex- expressive with his facial um Mm. and stuff you know what i mean so yeah no he he's pretty it was very fun to work with i mean he he's one of my best friends um and he's actually not really an actor um but when we were yeah when we were writing the film because he he was just uh on board as a producer to begin with okay um and we had someone else in mind for the role but then when they read the script they're like oh this is like a lot weirder than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was just like a normal kind of slasher film. I don't really want to do this. Like it's too, too out of control. So we were, right. we were talking about like, who, who could we possibly get to do this? Like someone who's really committed, who looks the part, who's really strange. And then 
I was like, yeah, just I would love to have someone just like you, Matt. And he's like, well, maybe I could do it. And we're like, wait, is it, can we do that? That's crazy. You're not an actor. <laughs> so, um, but I kind of, I like that. Like I like working with non-actors because I think you, you can get like a more interesting performance out of them in some yes. ways. So yeah. it made it, it made it difficult in some ways because um, yeah, Matt's maybe it's a bit harder to get stuff out of him uh, and he requires a lot more the direction than, than most uh, actors. But I think it, made his performance yeah uh, something that was maybe a, a bit unusual not something you'd usually see in a movie yeah um, no. yeah yeah some of the direction i'd have to yell out to him was pretty funny it was there was a lot of like can you make your mouth wider man as wide as it can go like <laughs> <laughs> yeah no he, he he was really great and um yeah i was really happy with with the performance that he gave well, wow that that's that's really cool to know that he wasn't an actor because mm. I, as I was watching, I'm sitting there going, man, where did this guy come from? Seriously, yeah. like, like yeah. what a great performance he did. And yeah. like, what, how scary is that to be like, okay, maybe I could take a shot knowing what, what the script, like maybe he knew, or did he know all the script, what he was going to have to do and not the performance? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. that's awesome, man. That's, yeah, he, that's he like, knew everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most people would run away from it and he's like, I'll do mm. it. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, yeah, great. That's awesome so here. Stuff. Yeah, having to get his butt out and having to, you know, <laughs> uh, wear that giant dildo and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. it was just yeah. a crazy thing to do. But he, he's oh, doing, awesome. um, yeah, he's like a professional writer. Uh, he and his partner, uh, Greta, are both, um, yeah, professional writers. So they've actually just moved to L.A. Um, to oh, pursue oh, cool. that. Yeah, but he, he's still doing, um, I think he's doing more acting since, yeah, doing Cutsick Blues. But yeah, so yeah. That, that was like his first sort of big kind of role. That's yeah, cool. he, he's definitely got that look that um, like a real, you know, like a, a introvert kind of a, a scary somebody that can be a stalker or a serial killer or something like he's got that look that I, again, <laughs> yeah. bravo cool. to his performance. I'm serious. Yeah, he's actually he's like possibly the nicest guy I know. So it's, it's also yeah. quite delightful to see him doing those things oh yeah, yeah yeah but That's i cool. think because he, he's quite i i think yeah he does have that that vibe to him in the film but he's also i think he is a naturally quite a likable person so i think that sure. helps with the character as well to make it more uncomfortable to feel like some kind of sympathy towards this like really yeah, yeah. disgusting oh, character sure yep. yeah <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, that's a. It's funny that you say about him being the nicest guy because we've talked to other people who play kind of the lead killer in some of these horror movies, and they always seem to be these super, you know, kind of gentle, sweetheart mm. type of guys. Mm -hmm. They're very endearing. They, you know, are, are warm to talk to. Yeah, and yeah, they, they tend to make that. the best uh, killers for some reason. Yeah, I was. Mm. I actually was just listening to a another podcast where they were talking about that. Like, why? Why is it that? these guys that are sort of famous for playing villains are also known as being like the nicest people ever. Yeah. And that the theory is like, if you, you are someone that needs to play the hero all the time, not all the time, but you, but you might, you're probably going to be maybe a bit of a narcissist or sure, <laughs> a bit sure. of a dick in some sure. way. Whereas if you're willing to be the villain, then, you know, I think that tells, tells you something about your, your personality. So yeah, that's definitely seems to be the case is guys that play those roles often, yeah, tend to be really good dudes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's kind of a cool thing. And then you know he he really killed it. Even all the physical acting, all the 
to yeah. There was very physical stuff in there. The the mm. seizures that he was having and the, yeah, yeah, all yeah. the running yeah, scenes. Exhausting and, role yeah. for him. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, yeah, that scene. Um, I don't know if you remember, but that scene where he's he's like dumping, uh, yeah, dumping body parts out in um, like a, it's like in a sort of sewage sort yeah, of yeah. system. It's all in slow motion. Yeah, that that scene. Yeah, he got some pretty full-on bruises from that. Lots of there's lots of uh, outtakes of him falling over in slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, so before you had put this movie together, did you do any other stuff in horror, or were you just kind of a fan doing other stuff? And you were like, I really want to try and do this horror thing too because I like that. How did mm-hmm. you find your way to that from doing kind of the comedy show that you had talked about? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Before we did the feature of cats like blues we did it as a short film mm-hmm. um so that it's yeah been in uh it was in the works for a long time the the idea with the short film which is something a lot of people do i think is uh it was going to be the opening 10 minutes of the film okay um, and then we were going to mm-hmm. shoot the rest of it but we we left it so long between <laughs> finishing the shot and starting the feature that it just kind of the script had changed so much and the tone had changed that we okay. we ended up um, just keeping it as a separate short film. Um, before that, when I was in film school, most of the stuff that I made had like a horror kind of, um, yeah, edge to it in some way. Um, so yeah, I've, it's definitely a genre I've always been interested in. Um, but yeah, I guess Katsik Blues was probably the first one that lent more toward even though it's still obviously got comedy in it it's probably the first one that lent more towards horror than than comedy sure yeah yeah Mm. i I definitely would say it falls into the horror category Mm. there's quite a bit of horrific shit in that so yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) great in a good way though i mean yeah (laughs) entertainment value is, is fantastic but uh you do need some sort like like there was parts of the movie where I actually was like laughing, you know, just just couldn't stop. I was like, oh my god, that is funny. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> it does break up that tension of of what else is going on because, um, you know, the serious moments or the horror moments, it, it has to it has to do it. And I think uh, having comedy in mind or having some sort of background helps because otherwise you're just doing a dark film that just you know maybe. You know, people walk out there and are like, ah, okay, uh, I feel dirty. I feel, you know, I feel <laughs> kind of uh, uh, guilty of watching it. But no, man, I, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I mean, again, when we, you know, I, I would love to sit there and break this movie down, um, you know, one day. And uh, as far as like when we do on our podcast and everything, because I, I even texted Paul, I was like, you know what? I laughed. I got sick to my stomach and I cried. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. And, and it was all good. Not sick to stomach. Like, like oh my God, that's disgusting. It was like, that is so great and your end sequence man i really felt emotional the the whole home video thing everything just hit home it was great so yeah you you basically yeah basically you just again you need to have those moments and and those films and i i think paul and i discuss this a lot of times too it's like um horror comedies i guess dark comedies or you know whatever the the labels are i think they they work a lot better than just you know, straight up, uh, uh, you know, films that can be mean spirited at times. So you, mm. you need that comedy element to it. Yeah, I think there's also like different ways to do it as well. So like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not really too. I think a lot of people when they think of horror comedies, they kind of it's kind of like a dirty word, right? And they they think of um, 
like I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but like just really ridiculous sort of shit. Oh, Whereas um, like slapsticky lo- and, and yeah, yeah, which which is which can sometimes work. I mean, like Evil sure. Dead Two is like one right. of the greatest movies of all time, but but often it it kind of has like um yeah, just it it often seems more tacky than anything. But yeah, um, oh, yeah. but yeah, the the main in terms of the comedy and and those kind of feelings, the the main influence on that was um. Have you seen Gozu, the film by Takeshi Miike? Uh, I have no, not. I have not seen that one. Mm, so that that was kind of the big influence. Where that that film is really bleak and really horrible and disgusting, but it's also really uncomfortably funny. Like it's yeah, okay. quite absurd and sort of funny. But it but what I love about that movie is often with with some horror comedy will be like funny then scary, funny right. scary, and switching between the two. Whereas Gozu, it's like constantly the whole way through it it's deeply disturbing and uncomfortable and scary but then at the same time you're kind of Mm -hmm. laughing and it's just it's such an uncomfortable mix where it's doing these two things at the same time yeah so that was sort of what i wanted to go for was to have these scenes that are just really like deeply kind of uncomfortable (laughs) to see but also so so like outrageous that they're of course you have to find them funny in some way (laughs) yep oh yeah yeah well, and I think if you do the comedy balance right, you can get away with doing more mean-spirited shit because it, it creates kind of the counterbalance where I think also a lot of people, and myself included, will lean away from stuff that is strictly just mean-spirited for the sake of shock or maybe not for mm-hmm. the sake of shock, maybe yeah. it has an actual message, but it's just all mean-spirited and nihilistic and doesn't feel enjoyable to experience mm. you know so so i think you can get away from that by having whatever palpable weirdness and comedy and kind of you know dry humor and and odd behavior from people like what you managed to pull off in this movie to balance out the mm-hmm. extreme uh violence and and bad feelings that are also fit in there <laughs> so, yeah um, but yeah so why don't we get into with cat sick blues how how where did this story come from i know you said that you conceptually had a a short and then it evolved over time and turned into another thing so was this you and somebody else writing the story yeah it's like quite a it went on quite a long sort of journey so it must have been uh, maybe like five years (laughs) from like coming up with the idea to actually making it possibly even longer Mm um but yeah, at, at the time I was, I'd spent a lot of time working on this other film, another horror script with a, a friend that we were going to co-direct. And I just felt like it was going in a direction that I wasn't enjoying. So I was like, I just want to work on something by myself, like something separate from this. Um, and I think it was, it must have been around that time I watched um, uh, the Jean Roland movie, The Nude, the nude Vampire. Uh and in that film, like the opening scene, it's like it's been a long time since I've watched it, so I can only vaguely remember it. But there's a it's like a cult from memory at the start, and they're all wearing these like like really disturbing looking animal masks, mm-hmm. like kind of realistic sort of animal masks. I'm like, God, that's yeah. like really it's like kind of funny and scary, this imagery. It's really like yeah, unsettling. Um so I think I saw that, and then at the same time I'd also watched this movie called oh what's it called strays 
I don't know if you've seen Strays, but so it's yeah. amazing, amazing shitty TV horror movie from the 80s or 90s or something about stray cats attacking and killing people. And <laughs> so I think I saw those around the same time. And I, I remember watching Strays and going like, wow, cats are just not scary, are they? They're just like not, there's nothing scary about a cat. Like no. you can't get killed by a cat. There's not, there's, they're like the least scary thing in the world. It's like the, that scene in, you know, in Inferno, the Dario Argento movie with the cats getting thrown at the, at the actress. Like, wow, this is just not, it's not scary. It's <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, great, yeah, yeah. but it's not scary. So I think, um, yeah, those ideas kind of, of these animal masks and the idea of cats and horror films kind of melded together. And it started making me think of like, how could you use a cat and kind of try to make it scary, but also keep that humor as well of, um, yeah, of, of that that yeah that animal mask kind of look that's kind of scary and funny at the same time sure, so i think that's that's where it came together so that melded together in my mind um so i had this image of this yeah cat cat headed killer um so yeah i i wrote a script just by myself at this point um and when i first wrote it it was just kind of a normal slasher it didn't have any of the you know it didn't have the dildo it didn't have uh it didn't have the the main that character of of Claire, the main character, and it didn't have all mm. like basically everything that's it just didn't have any of that. Not nothing that was that you actually see sure, in the sure. film, okay. other than the, the cat killer. And it had like one location as well. Cause because okay. I'm a director, I was thinking about budget as I was writing it. Um, right, of course. Yeah. So so when I finished it, I was like, oh, it's kind of it's not really that interesting. It's kind of boring. So I um I contacted my friend Andrew Gallagher, who's a uh, he's a novelist and an artist. Um, and we'd work together. We used to do a comic anthology together. Um, and I always enjoyed his writing. So I was like, God, oh, can you just take a look at this and see what you can do with it? And he, uh, I think spent like maybe a week with it and then sent me back a new script. And I'm like, okay, let's see what's, let's see if he's punched it up a bit or changed a couple of things. And it was just a completely <laughs> new script, totally different. Nice. Completely different. And it, at this point, it was sort of too outrageous as well. It had this ending. It ended in like a police station <laughs> and had this like kind of ridiculous uh, Terminator-like ending oh, with this uh-huh. mask in a police station. I'm like, okay, uh, don't know if we can do that. <laughs> so <laughs> basically, then I had these two scripts. So um, Matt, who at that point was just producer and not, not lead actor, we sat down and we kind of melded them together into something that was filmable, but... But um, yeah, it was sort of a combination of the the two ideas. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how it was formed. And then over the next like year or so, it started to change more and more. And kind of yeah, Matt really helped me a lot with editing it into mm-hmm. something usable. But yeah, so it was basically yeah this co- combination of I guess the three of us uh, working on that script. But yeah, so it was quite a strange and long process. It'd be interesting to go back and read that first draft, which is just a yeah, normal right. slash movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. What what stands out for me um on the script is that you know your your killer in this one actually had an end game. There's an end game uh, that he's working towards. And not mm-hmm. just going out at hunting at night killing and like you know have the 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 newspaper reports you know with the whole body count and all that stuff it's like no he there is a purpose to this and i, and I that's what really drew me into this to the movie and of course you know t- uh ted as the character is like 
this is a guy, who, you know, we always seen those movies. I go, okay, uh, they're serial killers. They get up at night and they go, they kill and they come home. And it's really serves no purpose in, unless it's their own little sick mind. Like, you know, they're demented in their head. And it's like, well, no, this is, he's, he's actually trying to do something. And there is, like I said, you know, the nine lives and then, you know, spoiler alert, everybody, um, uh, feeding it to, you know, the blood declare and everything to, to bring Patrick back. And mm. it, in your, in your mind, did, did, was this something that he was going to continue after nine lives? I don't know. You know, that's, that's always mm. the great guessing game. And as a viewer, you know? Yeah. Actually, yeah, the, the nine lives thing was, was in that original script. It was a bit more okay clear in that original one as well. I think it's, um, kind of more of a background thing in the film now. Right, right. But, um, but we also really like the idea of him, his character being, he's kind he's just an idiot really. Like he's a yeah. f- fucking moron. Like, yeah, yeah. He's like yeah. it's not going to work. Like, and he's right. kind of, and it's mainly, I like the idea of the tension between him. Like, I guess, he, yeah, he obviously wants to bring his cat back and his brain is sort of telling him that this, this will work. But then, it's also his mind has kind of made this excuse for himself because he's basically just a massive pervert as well. Gotcha. So I, I gotcha. like that yeah. idea of the yeah the combination of those those two things. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and mm. then <laughs> and then Claire calls him out on the whole thing and yep. yeah, she, she tells him it's <laughs> not much. gonna work. You fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> It's not gonna bring your dead yeah, cat yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> I think she. Even... Yeah, that was the thing we we added in because we're like we maybe we should have a a character. Like that was uh yeah because yeah Matt's a, a a script writer and he was like it's he always whenever he has something in a film where he's like this character's doing something stupid have another character call them out just so you make sure the audience is aware that that you know it's stupid as well yeah, yeah. so that, that's what that, that <laughs> scene you. was yeah right. cool it takes away yeah. uh, the the power of someone to critique it right yeah yeah so but yeah we've laid it out yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know. <laughs> well, again, like I, I, I liked it because it was like one of those things where you don't know the even the the killer in this movie is not sure of his path, right? It's like this whole <laughs> stumbling across this whole thing. Not like because you know a lot of movies give the killer way too much credit. I think, um, you know, I, I mean, yes, it's of course it's a movie, it's entertainment, everything, but it's like one of those things where you look at it as a viewer and like it, the killer knows exactly what he's doing all the time. And where is that that? Uh, the, you know, the movie where the first kill is just sloppy as hell. He almost gets caught or doesn't kill somebody. And then by the seventh kill, that's it's a clean it's he's in his, you know, mo, uh, mode of uh, perfection or whatever. So this was like you're right how it kind of gives like, you know, the, the Ted is kind of an idiot stumbling through this process, making up an excuse to kill people to bring his cat that if, maybe he doesn't even know it's going to work. But he's just trying to tell himself that. So mm. it's just like cool, it's just a cool little a way of like doing something different in this kind of genre. Sure. Uh, you know what I mean? That's, I'm just like, it's like, that's why I like, wow. After I'm like, man, that was kind of, that was different and cool. You know, that just uh, something refreshing to see. Yeah. Well, I like, it's a unique perspective on yeah. the, the motive for the killer too. Like, you know, yeah. normally it would be, Oh, you know, his, his mom abused him and killed his cat. So he became right. the persona of a cat or like, like there was no, <laughs> yeah. There was no like parental trauma. He didn't get raped or anything like that. Or he didn't get. At least we didn't. It wasn't leaned on in the story. At least so I assume that. Right. Right. His they kind of showed his parents seem pretty normal. So mm. it was really just that he loved the cat so much that he had to turn into the cat to bring the cat <laughs> back. 
it was just like I said, it was his end game. You know, that it was like I said, it's really kind of refreshing to see. You know, even though maybe the character itself it was going to continue out there, but us is like like viewing. I'm like, okay, here's he's got a plan, A to B or A to Z plan, and and uh, you know, let's see this this happen. I was almost rooting for him to finish his plan. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I was the whole time. It was, you almost <laughs> wanted the cat to actually come back. And be like, I did. I was writing for Patrick yeah. to come back. <laughs> be like, I told you, bitch. I knew it would work. <laughs> it's gonna. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what was that we see quite often that he goes into like these kind of full body seizure modes um, mm-hmm. and it's never really explained. Was there a reason for that or was it just kind of a thing that you guys threw in there to add another element? Um, of, like, Cause obviously it comes up where it's almost used against him at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, the idea is sort of that's, he's kind of, he has, yeah, we never didn't want to ever spell it out, but he basically he's probably dying from something going on in his brain, some kind of tumor ah, or something. Right, right. So that's sort of yeah, that's kind of kind of leads to him dying at the end. Is is oh, well, spoiler, I should say. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good release. We always give away yeah. everything, so <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So that that was uh, sort of kind of part of like I mean, he, he, maybe he wouldn't be doing what he's doing if if that wasn't going on in his head um right. yeah right. so that was uh, didn't really ever want to like spell it out or anything right. have a scene of him going to the doctors <laughs> okay yeah yeah no. got a brain right now <laughs> we can have to deal with that sure but yeah sure. so that, that uh, yeah it's just yeah adding trying to give some kind of possible explanation for no i like why that he's, yeah well and that's you know we see it a lot in in these more sh- these uh, shorter form movies, I think it's really hard to pull off a, a long horror movie these days. And so you have to address a lot of things in a short order. Like you said, you can't really even afford the time to have a whole thing where he goes to the doctor and you have to like set up a whole other thing and film that and have another guy that plays sure, the sure. fucking doctor. Yeah. And so, yeah. and then other, you know, people will complain like, oh, you're beating us over the head with the narrative or whatever. So you don't want to... Right. Like, you don't want to spend too much time on it, but you want to address it in some short order. So I think that's a really clever, we see, you know, that in tons of mm-hmm. movies these days where it's just a clever little thing, you throw it out there. Hey, this is what it means. Oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah. So yeah, that's a, a let cool us head touch, in it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I like that. I think that in the original cut, cause the, the first cut that I did was really long. It was like about two hours. Sure. Um, and that, that cut had a, bit maybe a little bit more stuff of just um not direct sort of references to it but there was a lot of stuff about his his memory and how he kind of will tell a story and he has no idea whether it's true or not because his his brain is just so deranged so that there was a right, whole right. sequence cut out where he's like telling a story from his childhood but it's clearly just totally fabricated but he doesn't he's not even yeah. aware if it's fabricated or not Sure. Um, yeah. Well, we did get the one stuff about, about his, his wife, wife right? and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that stuff that was great. Yeah. His wife doesn't know whether he actually has a wife. Or not. Yeah, he goes, I don't know. <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the comedic stuff that was in this that wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't super, like, you know, set up punchline joke kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. There was yeah. a lot of just these weird physical comedy things and odd choices that the, the people make and and weird behaviors um the the one thing that was that kept getting me was 
uh, Ted making the cat noises. And, and <laughs> yeah, like yeah. That. <laughs> like, especially when he's meeting. I forget the guy's name, but the guy that makes the cat claws and the cat cock for him. Mm. But, um, that guy, that character is actually played by um, Andrew, who wrote co-wrote the script. Oh, okay. I, I thought yeah. so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought so when I was looking at. Yes, that's great. That's awesome. But yeah, mm-hmm. when he's talking to him and he like starts making the. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "What was that?" And he's like, "Oh, nothing." And he's like, "Are you okay? It looks like you're kind of trying to suppress the urge to make a cat sound or whatever." Calls <laughs> <laughs> it out exactly what it was. I know. And it, it's stuff like that that makes me laugh because I'm like, how does he know that he's trying to suppress the urge to make a cat sound just by the way he looks? Like, <laughs> that kind of shit always kills me. Yeah, that that was uh, when I read, that was yeah one of the first bits I when Andrew gave me the script that I'm like, oh yeah, I I'm enjoying this. That that line won uh, me over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there was a lot of just other weird physical comedy stuff and and yeah. weird behaviors and interactions uh, that. The odd interactions between Claire and Ted were great. Um, you know, yeah. Then just the way that Ted would interact with the people. Um, I loved the when he he picks up the prostitute and then brings her home and then he's he's acting like super weird in that scene. <laughs> he like <laughs> jumps off of the refrigerator onto her back and fucks her up. That was, uh, that was so amazing. And then he just <laughs> after he kills her, he just paces back and forth for like two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I actually. I do regret not making that pacing longer. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's really long as it is, but I'm like, I should have made that a bit longer, I feel. It but, was yeah. great. It, it was like one of those things where you're like, okay, he's, he, he rides her in the kitchen. He rides her, you know, I want to try something different. And she, yeah. You know, so, you, you know, she's on all fours and he's riding her like a horse or, or, you know, whatever. And he rides her in the kitchen and he's like, okay, all of a sudden he's on top of their fridge and, and it's just that, what the fuck's going on all of a sudden boom, he just i mean breaks her slams her breaks her back and i thought oh my god that's that's like scary you know what i mean that's scary for her and funny you know? at the same and, time yeah yeah exactly and and I, I i laughed of course you know i mean that's just what we do so but that, that was all yeah and then the pacing it just made it to where it's, you're just sitting there going holy shit like she's bleeding out and he's pacing like is he panicking right there? Is he, is he, uh, you know, um, does he want to do these things that he's doing or is, is he in his in his head? Is Patrick making him do that? It was like a whole bunch of questions go back and forth when you start showing stuff like that. It's not just a clean, again, it's not just, um, the, the killer doing things just for the sake of doing things. It's not, you know, he does it because again, I, I see the end game to this whole thing and, and, uh, um, throwing those tidbits in there is awesome, especially like, different not every kill was the same too. right you know it's like he tried things different every time <laughs> you know maybe this one will be feel better like as one was like like maybe he was uncomfortable slitting someone's throat and just watching bleed out maybe you know i'm gonna break her back this time or maybe he was playing around with her who you know what i mean that like maybe he just was trying to play with her and then he ended up breaking her back and then okay i gotta kill her now or something mm-hmm. yeah i think that yeah, the idea in that one is like he's just like, how how am I gonna set this up to like yeah. make this as easy as possible? But he's just done it in this ridiculously elaborate kind of way. Yeah. The <laughs> that, most, um... most violent, most painful way. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. trying to be yeah. careful. Yeah. yeah, but that that scene, yeah, that was that scene was the the last stuff added to the script because um oh, okay yeah it, in Andrew's version there was a. It was it was much worse. There was something in there that I was like, I can't actually film that. It's like too <laughs> awful. 
um <laughs> yeah so i i rewrote it to to that scene we, we actually that scene was taken from another script that andrew and i had been working on together which was always a, a scene i just thought was so deranged that kind of <laughs> backbreaking yeah. horse thing which is just so horrible and and bizarre and disgusting so yeah we we brought that in from from his another script yeah <laughs> oh, that's great wow. mm, yeah was there uh was there any like kind of funny stuff i know you sort of mentioned that was a little bit too much but anything that you felt like you wanted to put it in but it was maybe a little too much inside humor or something that you um, you thought maybe it would be mm, awesome but it just wouldn't work for everyone else yeah like that there's a lot of stuff that we um that we cut out um that we actually did film but we ended up cutting out of so there's huge like big scenes cut out sure of uh, of the edit so for example that um the the uh the character that he he jumps off the fridge and breaks her back she had she had a massive introduction her character um where it was like this this uh film crew who were like a, a parody of uh vice like okay. interviewing her and, it, and it's just it's really like it's a really awful like sick kind of upsetting scene where they're just um basically totally exploiting her and um sure yeah we I, it, it's like a big detour and that was kind of the point of it but then when i put it in the edit i'm like it's just too strange like it's too much of a detour i, I do like like going on you know obviously it happens a lot in the film i like like taking detours and going on tangents but yeah that, sure, it sure. was just a bit too much yeah and yeah there was also the biggest scene we cut out was our entire first day of shooting is is cut out of the film where um yeah there's a scene of uh of of ted telling a story from his childhood and um it's it's all shot on on super eight when it does the flashback and it's uh mm-hmm. him and his cousin whose name is Jackie Chan, for some reason, <laughs> finding um, finding this uh, big trunk, uh, and it's uh, they open it up, and it's got like this uh, bearded, uh, eight nippled cat man who like crawls <laughs> out and just starts uh, screaming nine lives at his face. And it, it's a I like this scene in terms of the way it looks. Like I like that it's shot on Super Raid, and I like the the makeup of the this guy who comes out of the trunk. But it just was it kind of the whole sort of film came to a stop just for the scenes mm, yeah so we that's up on on youtube though you can can watch that that sequence okay but yeah it was just, just a bit too out of place and just yeah slowed things down too much sure, so there, sure. there were things that we we shot and then we cut out and that that's the, that's kind of harder because you can as you're cutting it you're like oh my god this is like i'm cutting out you know and that's one thousand dollars for that that minute yeah. that's like yeah. another and so that that sort of side yes. is, is pretty torturous but yeah yeah Yeah. i've heard of that i've heard of the saying um on some filmmakers saying you know uh be prepared to cut your favorite scene out of the film like your favorite Mm -hmm. as in like you know this cost us the most or this meant you know like i said maybe first day of shooting and stuff like that because um to serve the purpose of the greater story you know Mm -hmm. to the greater good kind of deal it's it's a very i guess tough situation and and a lot of people don't get to see that other side of the hard work that was cut. Mm. Sure. Yeah, that, and I that, think I've that, forgotten about that. Yeah, my I did actually cut yeah. my favorite scene out of the film. <laughs> I actually didn't even mention it then. I'd, I'd forgotten about it. But there's this um, scene where he goes back to where yeah, Ted goes back to Will's place, the guy who makes like the gloves mm. and the 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 uh, dildo for him, right. <laughs> and he brings yeah. like these 
he's like just murdered someone so he's like covered in blood and it's in that heat it's in the heat wave sequence so he's really deranged in oh, it. Yeah. and he he brings in these like plans for like this new thing that he wants to make and it's like this big like robotic um like spider kind of robot suit sort of thing that's just like <laughs> covered in dildos like everywhere oh like God. all the legs are dildos and and it's and it's just like the sort of childlike sort of drawing <laughs> right, right, and, uh, right. and yeah. Will's, Will's just like, I, I can't make that. It's like impossible. <laughs> right. and, and, and Ted's just like, like, what do you mean? Why, like he just can't, can't, <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but to it him, can't right? be made. And then the scene ends with it. Like oh, the camera just like tracking in on, <laughs> on Ted's face as he just screams. <laughs> and, that's the end oh. of the scene. and yeah, like, <laughs> I, I love that scene so much, but um, yeah, yeah. But I just, cut it out because it, it yeah it was just it just didn't work at all. right sure <laughs> sure just sure. Felt too too much at, at that moment but yeah. but yeah by itself it was my my favorite stuff yeah <laughs> yeah nice i've would gotten you, all about that scene <laughs> would you ever make like an extended director's cut type of thing or, or is it just all kind of stuff you no, just well, have for memory the um the kickstarter because this is a kickstarter film so the right the version that the Kickstarter supporters got w- was um, a longer cut, so that right. one was about a hundred and something minutes. Um, whereas the one that's released on DVD, I-, I considered that the director's cut, so it's actually shorter than the than the other cut. So okay. I guess that doesn't happen so often, but yeah, in this case, the yeah the director's cut is definitely the the one that you get the shorter one. Hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah, I-, I have no interest in doing an extended cut because. What's, yeah, I don't really see the point in it. Like, it would just be more sure, damaging sure. to the film than anything, yeah. Well, yeah I, fucking, I, I fucking hate director's cuts. I almost always prefer the shorter, tighter sure. cut. Almost always. Not, yeah, not I every usually cut. do, too. I don't like Yeah, yeah. I think almost usually a reason very rare occasion. stuff was cut yeah. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I hate yeah, that yeah, with, yeah. like, those, like, Judd Apatow comedies where they, like, do the extended cuts. It's like, I don't want to see this. I want to see yeah. the tight theatrical version that I that I saw in the movies. Yeah. That, like yes that was the point you know like that that was the finished cut i want to say that don't want to say this yeah. you know ridiculous extended thing you know yeah the only time it's better <laughs> is, is yeah. when they extend the gore scenes then I yeah don't like there's, there's some cases if the director has been forced to cut things out then that makes sense right. like yeah. same with like you know blade runner i think the final cut of that is probably is the best version but but most of the time yeah it's mm-hmm. it's kind of just you know, masturbation really. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's like, look how good I am at filming stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, here's, here's a little bit of a tangent and sorry about this, but uh, oh, the okay. best director's cut I've ever seen is alien three. Um, yeah, the director's a... cut on alien three changed the movie altogether. And it changed it to my, in my opinion for the good, because mm. it gave so much more story and almost a different plot. Huh. Like a whole, a whole thing was different. And I, and I always say anybody who doesn't like alien three, go, go watch the director's cut. Uh, that was my, like I said, there's those rare occasions that the director's cut might make it a little bit, um, yeah. I don't know, like just, it, it explained a lot more. Again, it was a whole different movie and it was great. All right, so there's yeah, my tangent on that. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a case. Yeah. Where a filmmaker has been screwed over. Right. So like, sure. It yeah, makes, yeah. makes sense to have a, have a director's cut in that case. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, for sure. I never saw the extended version and I, I like it as the theatrical version so i'll have to see sure it. who was mm. i forget yeah. the director it was um fincher yeah, yeah it was one of his early movies right mm-hmm. yeah i think was that his first 
Maybe it might have been, but if not, it was definitely in his first couple. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll have to check that out sometime. But I, I agree. Yes. Most, most of the time, yeah. it's just gratuitous extra stuff, especially yep. James Cameron is the worst for that. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, the Abyss is a perfect <laughs> example, right? Like, what the hell is this director? What is this? What, yeah. What is this? Yeah tidal wave and shit and yeah it's it's, i know i reckon the worst was uh the donnie darko director's cut that that just like sits you down and explains every single thing that was ambiguous in the the original Mm -hmm. cut right (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's not good either Mm. uh so the the one of the highlights of this movie and we just kind of mentioned about the gore getting cut out of movies is the fact that you didn't hmm. have to cut much gore out of this movie. I'm sure there was probably some stuff that maybe you guys trimmed a little bit, but um, yeah, I don't the, think we did. I think it's all in there. The, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the gore factor is pretty heavy in this and even a lot of, you know, right on camera, practical effects and everything. Um, did mm-hmm. you have a particular set of people that you picked out for this or was this like you, cause I, I'm, I'm sure doing comedy, you guys didn't have to do a lot of gore effects and stuff. So you, well, that's the you kind of comedy the, I, I did tended to be pretty violent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but no, you're right. Yeah. So when we did the short film, um, yeah, we, we had a, a different makeup person and, um, yeah, when we were making the short, I think uh, Liz, who did the makeup on the feature, uh, she had seen our advertisement and said, oh, can I just come along to the shoot to help out mm-hmm. just as like an assistant makeup? Um, so like, yeah, yeah, sure. So she came along to the short film shoot and she completely like basically saved the shoot multiple times with nice. how skilled that she was. Okay. Um, yeah. And I mean, so I, I knew like I really wanted to have her working on on the shoot. So she was basically in charge of all the makeup crew, and she had brought in a bunch of people that she trusted onto the onto the shoot. Um, but yeah, so she was great, and she she was also kind of learning as it went on as well. Mm-hmm. So she sure, hadn't sure. done a lot of the things that um, that were in the film. So a lot of the moment gory kind of moments were actually supposed to be maybe a little bit more outrageous, but because she was still learning as we went, um, they, yeah. So for example, that fridge scene, like that was meant to be a much bigger kind of blood kind of explosion, but it ended up not quite working. So we had to sort of improvise a bit, but then I kind of liked it anyway, because it allowed Mm. for the the more outrageous scenes to seem, you know, crazier (laughs) or like, you know, bigger. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, I think the, the stuff that she did that just blew my mind was, um, the scene where Blanche is killed. So she's like the, the one that runs uh, the pet grieving uh, group. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. So Liz had built this entire fake body um, that was just so disturbingly realistic because it had like this <laughs> smashed in face. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But like the, the work that she'd made on like the cast of her hands that she'd made was just like unbelievable. And yeah, and the heads mm. that she made were just like genuinely disturbing um we had a few moments where people walked into the into like you know say we'd have like the head sitting sitting in the sink of the bathroom and we'd hear (laughs) like a blood curdling scream (laughs) out from the set as someone who'd not realized it was in there and walked in on that um but yeah no the but the my favorite absolute favorite day moment on set was um the this the uh when we shot so our last day we shot the the hostel uh, mm. murder sequence that's like yeah this, the backpackers yeah, yeah oh. it's like a big kind of um 
gory sort of set piece. And when we did the throat uh, slit and that, that was, um, yeah, that, that was when Liz had sort of worked out how to do it with a fire extinguisher. And like when we, yeah, when we shot that, it was just like the happiest I've ever been on a film shoot because it was like, <laughs> this is exactly what what I wanted. And it was almost kind of like, yeah, it felt like it was a gift to the, uh, like the teenage version of myself that would probably yes. be really excited by that kind of effect. So yeah, yeah, yeah that, yes. that was really amazing to see her, her get achieved that. But yeah, she, she's a ridiculously talented makeup artist. Mm-hmm. That's actually been the, the only, I don't really care too much about bad reviews, which we have a lot of, but mm-hmm. the one the one review that said something that really pissed me off was one that made a comment about the uh, the gore and the violence being, um, you know, like, oh, it's just us- the usual kind of tomato sauce kind of gore. It's like, you know what, fuck you. Like, she she's an artist and like the work yeah, that she yeah. did is like phenomenal. You can say what, whatever else you want about the script or anything like anything else that I'm, I'm like, I, I know what's wrong with the film probably more than anyone else. I've had to watch sure. it a million times, but <laughs> but that is not, sure. I feel like that is not something that you can no. complain about. And I think that's maybe someone who's maybe not a proper horror fan, maybe a little bit like on. Yeah. I don't know. Like what did you want? Like CGI, like guys yeah. of blood. Is that what you wanted? Yeah. That, that was the, the one review that still, when I think about it, <laughs> pisses me off really badly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, a, a, they don't know the work. They don't know the love that goes into it. And, and B like, you know, when, when Paul and I actually, we, when we do break whole reviews and stuff, that is one of the things that we actually do look at. And uh, we appreciate, first off, pa- practical effects. We appreciate the most. Um, <laughs> and I'm speaking for you, Paul, sorry, oh, but sure. uh, we've, we've seen films that have a lot of CG, uh, blood splatter and stuff, and it just does not work. It really takes away from the film. And I absolutely the 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 throat slitting th- scene where it has the blood and it has like like I don't know pus and just foam. I was just like, holy shit, that's awesome. Like yeah. because you know again we're we're horror fans, we're gore fans. We you know we don't get off on that stuff. It's just that it's just a cool thing to see. When there's a lot of it, it's excess, mm-hmm. and and it works, and especially in that you know the backpackers when they're getting killed, and it's all slow motion. It's, I was just like, this is cool. This mm-hmm. is a really cool scene. Um, no man, I, I I disagree with that review also, and I'm not just mm-hmm. saying that because you're here. I really do. I think the gore in oh, this yeah, movie, yeah. the effects in the movie was really spot on. Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, I I try to do my best not to shit on cgi too much even though i do it all the time but sure, I, do, sure. I, I i totally agree with you i just i just don't think it doesn't work with horror it doesn't belong I agree. together like it right. horror should be you know grimy dirty it should it should feel as physical as possible yes and like absolutely I, I don't know if it's just my personal you know aesthetic taste but when i see cgi basically in, in any kind of movie but especially in 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 horror it just completely takes me out of the film because it just it looks does. so digital and and yeah. fake and yeah it just doesn't yeah. work exactly mm, sure, it, it sure. doesn't it doesn't work for to me you know like send if they try to do like a, a cg ghost you know or cg blood splatter it's just kind of those things that like man this is just i don't know uh, like as, as a horror fan you want things a little bit more in your face a little more realistic and mm. you know you cannot go wrong or wrong with blood splatter you just mm. can't that's what I mean. Yeah. 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 I feel like, um, I, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I feel like with a lot of recent horror I've been watching, I think there has been a backlash against CG and I, there has. yeah, I think a, a lot of the, um, yeah, a lot of the recent 
yeah horror stuff I've watched has had really excellent like and <laughs> really like unsettling stuff that's made me feel a bit sick like sort of practical <laughs> yeah. effects. Like I watched. Um, have you guys seen Revenge? Yeah. No, I have heard about oh, heard of it. Heard about so, it. So so good, excellent movie. I'm yeah. writing um, all these movies down. Boy. Yeah, but it's got the most like sickening practical effects I've yeah. seen yeah. in ages. But it's really good. Yeah. Nice. Mm. Well, yeah, I think that the stuff in the movie looks great. I mean, the whole in the beginning where they i mean not only do you know what kind of movie you're in for right away but then you know what kind of effects you're going to get when you see yeah he brings the girl's head in and puts it down on the table <laughs> yeah and then sits down to watch cat videos on youtube <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time you're like man that head looks so real like it looks it so good did. yeah and you just you know you're going to get these crazy effects and some kind of crazy weirdness too but yeah. in that like the scene you had referenced about um, when he's smashing the lady's head with the vase or yep. whatever that was that he was smashing her head with. I, I almost think with it not being so bombastic that it feels more realistic to me. Because mm. it, it almost seems like when, when he brings the thing down and hits her, it's kind of this dull thud. It's not mm-hmm. like this overemphasized sound effect or anything like that. Yeah. And like that's what it really would be. I mean, what you see in, in movies and stuff isn't always what's going to happen in, right. uh, in real life. And to me, it almost made it feel more realistic that it wasn't so like spraying and splattering and, and so mm. crazy. Which yeah, yeah. It was kind of cool. I liked it. And yeah, the throat slash was just perfect. Yeah. It was so gross. We've like, seen a awesome. lot of them. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, funny because I can fun. talk about gore and movies all day, but if I see real blood in real life, I'll pass out. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. That, that's what, I've never understood that with people and how they like, um, you probably, you guys probably get it all the time where it's like, like, oh, you're into horror. Have you checked out? And they're like, you know, yeah. want you to watch some like fucking horrible, like ISIS yeah. video. So he's like, no, no. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to see that. Yeah. I, I get lightheaded. <laughs> yeah. I can't watch. I hate like all that shit. Like, um, what are those? The like Africa Adio and what are they yes. called? Like all the, those Mondo movies, like they're fucking horrible. I don't want to see yep. that. No, yep. no, no. Yeah, I mean, we're like, yeah, like I said, Paul and I talk about those uh, those '70s horror movies when it almost seems too real, you know, like uh, you know, uh, I don't know, I spit on your grave or stuff like that. It's like oh, this is a little bit too much for me. Where you know, I'm a I'm a big pussy in real life, man. I don't like this stuff in real life. I don't I don't want to <laughs> see it. I don't want to. I'll faint if I get you know see uh, someone gets a splinter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? But I'm I can watch same, it yeah. all day on on movies, and it's and it's a psychological thing. And yeah, man, right. people do it all the time. It goes, you're just big horror fan. You don't like to see this. I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I like people. <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I don't like yeah. real things. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Why would I like that? <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, and I'm sure the the guy that or or girl, I'm not sure what the reviewer was that said that the effects just seemed average to them. If you ask them to give you an example of something that met their expectations, they probably wouldn't be able to give you something. No. At least not something that would measure up. I'm sure. So usually people just want to talk shit when it's something like yep. that. Mm. So. I don't think you got anything to worry about there. I thought they were pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, it, uh, despite, despite the comedy and kind of the craziness of this movie, there's also a little bit of kind of some some real subject matter to it and a little bit of social commentary, I felt like, even mm-hmm. was in there as far as with, uh, with you know, because Claire has this traumatic incident where she ends up getting raped and her cat gets killed. And so 
they they have the whole scene where she finds out that she's on the internet and people have seen yeah. this and there's the people like making fun of her and stuff. The reaction videos, yeah, yeah. Yeah, was that uh, like prompted by anything? Did, were you trying to kind of speak on that or was just something that kind of fit into the story? I thought it kind of it fit into it anyway just based on the kind of character she is in the world that she's involved in. But um, Sure, sure. It came from that scene in particular of her watching those reaction videos came from um, there was uh, oh, quite a long time ago now, but I remember there was, you remember the two girls, one cup thing, obviously yeah, sure, <laughs> there was yeah. that, but then there was, sort I of mean, the, no, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember from that, like, you know, there was all the reaction videos and stuff, which is fine. Yeah, yeah. No one's getting hurt in that. It's just gross or whatever. Right. But then, um, but then I remember seeing after that, there was like another really horrendous video of like, I, I can't remember what it was called, something about a hammer, but it was like a, a guy basically getting murdered for real with a hammer. And then there was reaction videos to that. And I remember like watching the reaction videos of these people that were just so disconnected from the fact that they're watching a real person right. getting horribly killed yeah. and just sort of like laughing and going like, oh shit, like, oh my God. Like, you know, like these kind of over the top reactions mm -hmm. that yeah, yeah. would be much more appropriate if you're, you know, watching like a horror movie or something, right? Like yeah. that's yep. fine, yeah, yeah. it's not reality, but they were treating it as if they're watching fantasy and it just absolutely, yeah. the total lack of humanity and the to the kind of, yeah, it, it really, really like disturbed me and really shook me up and kind of made me really worried about the future mm -hmm. <laughs> and like what yeah. kind of culture we're we're creating. So that yeah, that that's where that. So mm -hmm. it, it did. I feel like it did fit in, but then it yeah, that scene yeah, kind of came from that that feeling that I had got watching mm -hmm. those really horrendous yes. videos. And to me, I think that's for, when I if I watch the film, I think that's the scene I find the most horrible <laughs> you know oh, like, yeah, i think yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. violence and stuff For yeah sure. mm. well because yeah, she's so already that, so she's already suffered through two yeah, things just, you know yeah. and then has this the secondary layer of humiliation she has to deal with now mm. yeah and i feel like that's what it's like like now nothing can you can't move on from something if it's like been captured on video it's like that right. that trauma is just going to be constantly replayed till till the end of time like it's yep. <laughs> yeah really horrible well, right right yeah 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 i mean, really felt about bad for her uh mm -hmm. that it was circulating and all that stuff you know and uh you know but that also you know in the, her character prompted her to get help and you know all that stuff and uh but yeah it, it does it, it puts the it puts the um spotlight on the ugliness of the internet and society and uh, we've we've done other view. Uh, we did what was that movie, um, Paul? That did the kind of same thing where people were in the movie. They were buying access for real murders as their form of entertainment, you uh, know. And it oh, shit, so it's like a. Um, oh, well. It wasn't Gunwoman. It was uh, the other one uh, with Carando that we that we did. And and I kind of oh, like compared yeah, the these... Karate Kill one, yeah. Karate Kill. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I kind of come. I kind of re reminisce on when I was watching Catsick Blues to like, you know, the movie Karate Kill. Also, where it has that kind of social commentary, or um, you know, and when we inter interviewed the director there, he he said the almost the exact same thing. It's like, you know, no, this is like the dark side of social media, dark side of entertainment. How it can go so far where you become mind numbing to it, and mm -hmm. are these people really? Um, 
you know, analyzing as this is this entertainment or is this real? So I thought it was I thought it was pretty powerful in your movie. Mm -hmm. um, Did of, you say that movie that... was called Karate Kill? Yes, it's <laughs> yeah. an amazing title. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's like yeah. a a Japanese American co-production by this guy Karando Mitsutaki. Yes. Okay. He's made a couple of, of kind of these crazy... Oh, uh, he made Gunwoman. Yes. Gunwoman, yeah, yeah. correct. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was the movie yeah, he so made after that. Mm, cool. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a pretty... He he makes pretty crazy stuff. You would probably like it if yeah. I mm. could tell from what I've seen that you've made here. Because so. <laughs> he puts in those scenes too where he doesn't hold back and he's like, mm -hmm. no, he puts a rape scene in and it is a full-on uncomfortable, you know, up to a point, you know, Um and and his thing is like, hey, I had to show it because I had to show how evil this guy is. I had to show how this character is going to go from A to B. You know, this is not something right. it's not a subject matter that they're glorifying. It's a subject matter that is going for character development in that dark attitude way and that dark way. You right. know what I mean? Uh, she you know, the guy killing her cat, in my opinion, it get it will send her over the edge, but not to the edge where she ends up sleeping with the <laughs> with the killer. Right. Like the whole going to the uh and meeting ted and putting herself out because she's you know now she's exposed all over the place her cat was killed her life is destroyed and you got to put her in the mm -hmm. worst possible situation there is you know what i mean so you know mm. you have you have to do that in the same time you send a little message out to people going like hey you know if you're looking up uh rape videos you know you shouldn't have a reaction, you know, don't, don't feel yourself reacting to those. And in real life, this is that whole separation of real life and entertainment again. Right. Mm -hmm. But you need it. I think you needed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We kind of, it was, yeah. That idea of those two incidences kind of being blurred into one as well. Like how it's kind of really destroys her totally yeah. basically. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Mm. It's like, uh, it's like a double whammy. They would call yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, you got to put her in the worst possible situation there is, and how sure. is she supposed to grow from that? You know, and, and uh, you know. And then it just gets mm. worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes from bad to worse. <laughs> um. So, the I guess the last thing would be that uh, you know, going to the end of this movie, it takes a really weird direction, but then kind of comes back to another direction. So. How how did you guys kind of come up with this kind of left turn, left turn ending here that you do? Was it mm. part of like one of the original scripts or did you kind of melt a couple of endings together to make one thing? Jeez, um, oh that's kind of testing my memory. I'm trying to remember where that came from. I know that I think in Andrew's version of the script, that was maybe not a dream, that stuff. Sure, um, sure. Uh, yeah, the stuff where we go yeah to the hospital and yeah she's all deformed and stuff yeah. um but i i like the stuff that was in there but i kind of oh maybe it was actually i could be wrong it actually might have actually been a no i think it was a dream in in his, his script as well sorry it's hard, hard to remember it's going okay. back a while um but yeah no i i did like the idea of um kind of going in such an insane sort of direction yeah. just to throw off people and it's kind of it's interesting because some people really really hate that sequence and they're really annoyed by it and they feel cheated by it as Aww. well which <laughs> i kind of i like that reaction as well i'm kind of sure. glad that some people hate it too um but yeah like i i like the idea of it being like oh hey like it hey it did work and then it's like no it didn't you're like you know just like kind of uh <laughs> taking that away from yeah from yeah the audience. 
back to to reality. Um, but no, I I've always and I, I think it happens throughout the film as well. But I I always like the idea of of dreams and, and um, yeah that kind of yeah the sort of as you said the left turn sort of thing like the yeah, yeah like switching it up and and uh, playing with reality and stuff like that. So I've done that pretty much in almost everything I I do. There's like something like that. Um, nice. Yeah. So I just I I wanted to have that kind of strange sort of tangent. And then, uh, and then switch back to to reality again. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Just as a kind of to to be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, it, and it's a bold move to do because you will get that reaction from people where people either hate if the ending of the movie is that the whole thing was a dream. Then it's right. like, well, fuck mm. you, you wasted my time. Or yeah. <laughs> if they're like, oh, you're going to go full on to uh, a supernatural or like an otherworldly type of situation here where this this crazy curse thing that he did actually works and it turns out. Right. And, right. But then it's like, nope, everything is, is still normal. It still exists in the same reality that we do. So. Um, mm. so you're going to get some pushback, but I think the fact that you sort of embrace that idea of the pushback really helps to sell it too, so. Um, I, I like that it does that because it kind of gives you an extra bit of weirdness to throw in there with everything. Yeah, and I was had, I, like the first time I saw it, I was kind of struggling. I'm like, well, what's going Is this really happening? Is this a dream? Is this something that I'm not ready for? You know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, and then it's like, oh, OK, now I get it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, um, that stuff was really interesting to film as well because we shot it in a in a old insane asylum. Okay. So that was probably my favorite location that we, we shot in. We stayed at nice, it's nice. out in like country, country Victoria. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We stayed overnight there to shoot in that terrifying place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And it got to, we can uh, kind of use this as a segue here where you got to have the crazy half human cat hybrid creature <laughs> yeah. be born from her. Yeah, <laughs> we know from your last Kickstarter thing that you got the person that made that thing. You got together with them, I should say, to create kind of another idea. Mm. Uh, so, what is this new project that you were just working on, where you're making uh, crazy half humanoid creature um, <laughs> combinations here? Yeah. So the yeah. So Data Barry, he made the um the cat creature. He also made the. Uh, the gloves and the dildo and some, what else did he make? Lots and lots of stuff for it. Um, sure, so yeah, sure. he's a prop maker, really okay. talented guy. Um, yeah, no, since com- I've been wanting to do a short since moving here for a while. So this is a, an idea I've been sitting on for about a year or so. We finally got to film it last weekend. So this one is about um, kind of, um, it's, I don't think it's something that appears in America. I think it's kind of exclusive to Japan and maybe Taiwan, but um, there's a thing over here called Gachapon, which is like uh, these capsule uh, machines where uh, you feed it like five bucks or something and you get like a, a um, little capsule with a toy in it. And it's, there's like different series and it's completely random as to what you get. Okay. And uh, so this film and they're just everywhere here, like just everywhere you go, like all over the place. Okay. Um, so the film I've made is about these these two women who are like completely obsessed with collecting these things and their entire entire lives are just built around 
new collections and like getting the rarest ones they, they can find and completing collections and stuff. Um, and so the, the main character, we follow her as she gets the news that there's like this new series, new gotcha series of, um, do you know, do you guys know what a Tanuki is? Do you know, um, they're like raccoon, they kind of look like raccoons, but, uh, uh no. you see them sort of all over the place in Japan, like little statues mm. of them. Yeah. If you Google Tanuki, T-A-N-U-K-I, you'll see some pictures of them. They, uh, they're usually wearing in the statues, they're usually wearing like a little hat. They're like carrying a, a bottle of sake and they have gig- and they have massive, big, gigantic testicles. Like that's kind of oh. their, their thing. There's a Studio nice. Ghibli film about them called Pom Pompoko. Okay. So they're kind of um, yeah, they're sort of they're real animals, but they're also mythical kind of versions of them as well. I see um, it right now. I just looked it up. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they're they're just th- these sort of things are everywhere in Japan. So anyway, so she sees a a um. A, a new collection of these tanuki things and there's like a silhouette of one of the toys and it's like a you know one in a million kind of chance kind of like you know the golden ticket in right, uh right. willy wonka sort of right, thing right. like of, of getting this uh this rare gotcha so she's just like becomes obsessed with getting it and um yeah through some sort of bizarre luck she manages to actually get that that gotcha uh and then when she opens it up it turns out to be like this disgusting deformed kind of tanuki hairless tanuki creature mm-hmm. it's like covered in slime and like <laughs> absolutely repulsive it's kind of similar looking to the, the cat the cat fetus in catsick blues so sure, sure. yeah she opens it up it's like disgusting but she's kind of like still into it as well because it's like super rare and it's like an amazing thing to have so she's sort of like torn between <laughs> like disgust and kind mm-hmm. of being so excited to have it as well um yeah so then it kind of it doesn't move but it's implied that there might be like it might have some sort of life in it or it's some kind of uh supernatural sort of force and okay yeah i won't say what happens but that yeah as it goes on nice uh yeah (laughs) yeah Mm, so that yeah that's uh I, I have no idea how to describe it in terms of genre i don't really know it doesn't really fit into horror but I don't really right. know what else it fits into, but yeah, but it's yeah. definitely, I think it would appeal to people who liked Catsick Blues though, because it still has that kind of same sort of strangeness cool. to it. Mm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it seems like it's going to be horrific enough that I think the, the horror community can yeah. can embrace it. So. Yeah, Even if like it's, it's not uh, a lot of kills and, and that type of yeah, stuff, no, it's, there's, it's there's gross no and violence. it's right. Yeah, there's not really any violence, but it but it is uh, pretty disgusting. Like I've shown people the the tanuki, and they're pretty horrified by it. Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. yeah. Mm. Well, I've seen your stuff uh, through Instagram. You've been sharing, and uh, you know, we checked out the Kickstarter page for it and everything. So mm. we got a little bit of the backstory of of what you were doing with that. So you just actually finished filming that now, right? Yeah, last weekend. Uh, yeah, we we finished shooting it. Probably the most stressful shoot of my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there's cool. a lot of uh, a lot of moving pieces there and practical stuff to work, right? So. Yeah, it was actually it was more the shooting outside in uh, Osaka stuff that was just intense. Right. Because it's just so we were shooting in such a busy area, and right. um and because our shoot got moved around because of locations, we ended up having to film in this area when it was like at peak kind of busyness. Oh uh, right. So. That was not fun, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Hopefully, it turns out okay. We'll see. 
Yeah. <laughs> so how long do you have till that will be available? I know, uh, like I said, it was through Kickstarter. And so unfortunately, by the mm. time I found out about all this stuff, the Kickstarter yeah. was already closed on that. So I'll have to wait until it's mm. just available to everybody else mm. to see it. But how yeah, long do you I have think, for that now? Uh, I think the Kickstarter delivery date from memory is like August, I think. So, but we'll have to see because... Um, it might end up taking a little bit longer just because the due to uh, something that happened on the shoot, a lot of the sound is going to be post work. So mm. the editing process is going to be a, a bit longer than I expected. Sure, um, sure. But in terms of a, of a rough cut, I'm pretty close to finishing one now. So we'll, we'll see. Ho- hopefully I'm still hoping August that that would be, it would be really good if we could get it out by then. Nice. Um, yeah, so not not too long to wait. Uh, cool. Yeah, we're definitely looking forward to seeing that. Mm-hmm. And I know you had mentioned uh, earlier about doing a feature in Japan and maybe uh, you know trying to do another Kickstarter project. So we're definitely gonna keep an eye out for that. Do you have uh, any sort of ideas of things that you want to do? And not that you have to give anything too much away, but is there something that you really would like to? try creating or you have more of a, mm. a subgenre that you're really into that you would like to try and do if you could or yeah i've like got that. yeah there's two i've got like two ideas that i'm thinking of at the moment one is would be really hard to do <laughs> but i'm kind of more excited by it mm-hmm. and the other is like a simple kind of one location sort of thing but um yeah it's a bit it's it's a bit difficult because they, they don't again they don't really fit into a particular genre um like a one that i'm interested in doing is kind of like uh influenced by um this sub sub genre that was popular in in hong kong in the 90s like this girl gang sort of uh kind of delinquent girl genre that was uh yeah big in the the 90s so i wanted to do kind of my own sort of version of that but um but yeah the, the thing it's it's hard when I think when you've made a, a horror film, you're kind of expected to only oh, sure. do horror for like for the rest of your your <laughs> your life, and it's uh, and like people kind of I think a lot of fans might see it as a bit of a be- betrayal if you're not doing horror. So mm-hmm. that's one thing that's a bit tough. Is like I kind of I want to do something a little bit different. So I'm just I'm hoping that people will still have an have an interest in it. Yeah, uh, I mean it still has yeah, elements yeah. of of the the things that um you know that that showed up in cats like blues but i i do like the idea of trying something a bit a bit different you know but i remember i was the same when i was when i was a young younger kind of horror fan and i'd get really shitty at like you know wes craven for making a drama or something i'm like how dare you not continue to only make one genre of film but (laughs) yeah that's a that that's a that's a rough one for creative people and, and for like directors that you know like what do you mean like uh you know John Carpenter did Memoirs of a Mis- Invisible Man how where's the there's no monsters in that movie you know like uh mm. what and it's a reason why Stephen King changed his name to Richard Bachman to write other things you know because yeah. he get everybody gets uh-huh. pigeonholed but I think you know um no I mean, you know it's it's good to expand you know yeah and you're right it's a absolutely you know you get kind of worried about that you're not delivering a horror movie all the time and I, you know that's i can't relate to it you know what i mean I'm, I'm i'm trying to put myself in your shoes in that way it's like if your next movie was a romantic comedy would i still see it 
And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I had to ask myself, well, I like this other stuff. Let me get it a shot. Or mm-hmm. it might just bypass and go to a complete different audience. You know, I don't, I don't know. It's like, mm-hmm. and so it's one of those things that I, like I said, we don't have to worry about that kind of reaction. You know, like are people going to, you know, see it as, or not, you know, like not take me serious in this other avenue when I'm just trying to tell stories. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to yeah. entertain no matter what it is, you know? And uh, yeah, that's a, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, it is a legitimate kind of like, mm, I don't yeah. want to make people think that I'm like, you know, betraying them in some way, but, <laughs> but <laughs> sure, I, sure. I think that's just a, a feeling that happens sometimes. But, yeah. um, but I, I really like it when, when horror directors do something different because they often they often bring something you know new to the table like um for example like you know like lucio fulci when he did like uh you know crime movies and stuff Mm -hmm. they it was awesome seeing i I don't know if you've seen contraband but if you watch that it's like this normal kind of you know mafia kind of film but then it has that fulci flavor to it by having these absolutely ridiculously gory kind of scenes and it's like this is great like i I love seeing a crime film by a, a horror guy it's like a, it's amazing it's so oh, so yeah, strange yeah. to see yeah, yeah. sam and, raimi doing spider-man yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> that, that wasn't a joke um no but like in <laughs> spider-man 2 the the dr octopus yeah, scene yeah. was so sam raimi right like yeah. his style his his thing that you put it into like, like this you know fantasy pop culture icon and it's like sam raimi's doing this really Mm. um you know from from evil dead and all of a sudden he's doing spider-man but then he puts his little directing flavor with the camera on the pole kind of and that's what makes it cool it's like that was cool come on guys that Mm. was a cool scene yeah it's awesome and like getting to see like uh the most exciting one for me was um when guardians of the galaxy was coming out because i'm a huge james gunn fan right and um but i but i when it when i saw that yeah, when I heard about it happening, I'm like, ah, this is, it's just gonna, I felt like Marvel was just gonna swallow him whole and that right. be it. Like, he, he wouldn't be able to get his kind of sense of humor and his style across. But no, it's like, yeah, totally James Gunn. You can completely yep. see it. He's been right. allowed to actually, you know, make the kind of film that he wants to make. And it's amazing to see him being yes, able sir. to work with that kind of budget. It's mm-hmm. so awesome. Like, what, like, yeah, it's just great that that's happened to him. Same with um, Thor Ragnarok. Like it, that was mm-hmm. so awesome to see. Uh, oh, what's his? I've forgotten his name. Uh, oh God, me too. Ta- Taika Waititi. Yes. I think. Yep. His name? Yeah. It, so close he, enough. I, yeah. I, I think that's <laughs> um, yeah, like, I I like love his his movies so much. And again, yes. Despite the Guardians' experience on my Earth, there's no way they're gonna let him, you know, do that his uh, his style of comedy. But no, it's like amazing to see like this Kiwi style mm-hmm. like a Marvel movie. It was just phenomenal yeah so cool I, I really like yep. taking directors and you know seeing them be able to do something completely yes. new and working with a gigantic budget is awesome really cool yes. yeah yeah I, I think you're a little safer in today's age because you're seeing more yeah. people branch out and do different things yeah definitely Whereas and i think back in the day if you were you know known for making these great horror movies and then you were going to do something else then people would be like well fuck you man but yeah, I think it. Yeah, you're right. I think it is different now, and and horror is a little bit. I think we've kind of loosened up a bit, and you can do, you know, if you make a film, a horror film, it has to kind of be different, right? It can't just be some, yeah. like it can't follow a formula. It's got to actually break some rules. So I think people yeah, are yeah. more open now. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think you're right. Whereas I think in 
in the past there's like kind of that feeling of like horror is such like a disrespected kind of genre so i can kind of understand where that betrayal comes from when you have like a really good filmmaker making horror films you want them to continue uh-huh. to like you know to to you know uh, you know make the genre seem more yes. respectable yeah, yeah, in yeah. a way and then when they leave oh, it's yeah. like well fuck you yeah like yeah. so i can, yeah. I can see that back then yeah well per- mm. perfect example perfect example is peter jackson uh yeah. he's directed one of my favorite horror movies of all time the mm. dead alive and you know right. and then he goes on and do these mainstream movies and you know like like i said the whole lord of the rings thing and i and i remember the story of uh i think it was um it was new line cinema right that they got that that did the lord of the rings when they got the dailies back or where they were like okay here's peter jackson he's a huge uh, lord of the rings fan and who is this guy well here's the stuff he's done they're like what the hell did we just get <laughs> you know what i mean like bad taste dead alive you know all these horror you know these like really really horror you know the element of movies and this guy goes on to do that and me as a fan i knew peter jackson before lord of the rings and i was excited i was like oh hell yes i this is the guy that you know brought me some of my favorite horror movies and he's doing you know this you know 300 million dollar budgeted right 10-year project movie and i got excited i didn't i me personally i didn't feel betrayed like he wasn't just making horror movies you know what i mean i i, I was like no this is the guy who's gonna bring that vision you know mm. something cool give me something cool so yeah, yeah i mean it's all over the place and uh and i think paul's right it's like we're in a time where it's absolutely acceptable because all these directors are you know of course a lot of them are shouting or, or you know pining to do a, a marvel movie and pretty soon a star wars movie and you know mm-hmm. and mm. they might come from all over all over the genres and i think that's actually i think that's good just like just like um, the guy who played Ted, Matthew. I mean, this is a guy who was a producer, and he tried his chop as acting, and me personally absolutely loved it. And now I see him as, like, you know, uh, someone who brought a great performance to me uh, and not knowing anything of his background. It's like, here's a guy that just stepped into the shoes and did a great job. Just like mm-hmm. if you wanted to do a, you know, sci-fi space adventure, and, you you know, you probably do a great job at it. You know what I mean? So it's like pigeonholing yourself is is scary but no it's it's interesting to uh to have that kind of opinion like uh, people are going to just remember me as uh you know the the, the cat dildo guy right <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> you know what i mean that's a that's a that's a thing you know it's such a first off it's an iconic <laughs> it's an iconic thing in in cat sick blues but people are gonna you know know you as that for that uh, for that movie for that time so right. it's important for you to branch out and do other things and um you know Again, good story is good story, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's still, yeah, on that Peter Jackson thing, that that still fucks with my head. That, yeah, because <laughs> like it does. Yeah, I, it's... I grew up watching, yeah, Bad Taste, Meet the mm-hmm. Feebles, Brain Dead, like on loop. Like I love those movies so much. Yeah. And I, I remember when yeah, that yeah. news came out, and it was just like, wait, wait, what? Did they yeah. had they watched Meet the Feebles before they decided? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And I was like, uh, even me personally, I was like, okay, I was excited, but I wanted to see that first trailer. Mm. You know what I mean? I wanted to see what was Peter Jackson bringing to the table. And I was like, that's it. This guy can do everything. I I hate to say it. I hate to be negative on Peter Jackson, but like, I got to say, I almost wish that he'd never got those Lord of the Rings movies though. Because I I think Uh, think they're fine. Like, I I, I don't mind the Lord of the Rings films, but it's just, I, he's, I don't know what happened. I think he burnt out on them or something because yes, he's just, absolutely did. He's just not. He's never really. He hasn't really done anything 
good after those, right? It's like he just has kinda... not recovered from the right, Hobbit. Right. Like the Hobbit really just took the whole mm. experience out of him. He was like, "That's it. I I'm just gonna sleep for the next 10, 15 years." <laughs> you know, <laughs> he, he he like he you're right. Do those movies, right. right? Like he kind of was like, "All right, fine, I'll do them." Like he, yeah, wasn't it meant to yeah. be like Toro or something at one point? But and then they he pulled out. So I, I can't remember. Was, but I, I remember that he, didn't, he didn't really have yeah. much passion for it. Yeah, right. Guillermo del Toro was shooting, and then had some discrepancies with New Line or whatever, and they and they approached Peter Jackson, and yeah, it just it just took it all out of him. The guy, um, I mean, lost weight. He, you know, he just it was mm. probably the most stressful time in his life. He's like, this is I don't know if it's worth it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I don't know. Uh, you're sure. right. It's like you you know in a way. Yeah, as fans, we got what we wanted, but you're right. It's like, well, if it's gonna kill the dude, and we're not gonna gain anything, you know, if it, he's he's killed his creative fire, yeah, it's right. a bittersweet yeah. thing. What a what a joy that Del Toro won Best Picture for a movie about a fish, someone fucking a giant fish. <laughs> right. We we do, oh, we live in really strange times. That's true. <laughs> that yes, that was such a great that was a great win for like horror. I think that that was oh yeah yeah that that blew my mind Absolutely. that one. Definitely. Yes, I don't think it, I I like that movie. I don't I don't think it was the best film from last mm. year, but I'm but I'm delighted that it won just because it's such a bizarre, yeah. unexpected choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Yep. Definitely. No. I, yeah. In one way, we're like yes, and in the second way, it's like you know what our little genre that we love and horror and stuff. It's like we like to kind of be you know the the bastard child of cinema sometimes, you know, because it's, like, yeah, it's yeah. like we do what we want to do. We go to the conventions, what we put on, what we want. You know what I mean? It's like a, it's a real cool community. And to uh, sometimes it's that, oh, the Academy Awards are going to recognize something in our little corner. You know, fuck off. <laughs> Where have you been? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, you're right. It's, it's kind of cool for us, too. Mm, yeah, it's pretty great. Well, there's two different kind of ends of the spectrum of it, too, where sure. stuff like a lot of the movies that that we cover that we really end up loving are things that are never going to be yes. recognized on that level. And not because they're not great films. They just don't meet the criteria or, uh, you know, fit the, the, the normal perspective enough, which, you know, even, even his movie being that it was about a woman and a fish man having sex, it was still, you know, it was still a master craft and beautifully shot and a great narrative and great dialogue and all that kind of stuff. So, Mm. Uh, you know, so he he really is kind of like a master of that sort of Hollywood horror type of thing, where it works for everybody, I guess, in some level. Mm. So, yeah. But uh, well, hopefully, you don't get locked into making the next Lord of the Rings trilogy and get burned <laughs> out on us. I don't think there's any well, chance of that. Well, he'll rich, so you know, because <laughs> we want to see you keep, care. We want to we want to see you keep making creative things and not getting burned. <laughs> out. Right, right, right. <laughs> but uh yeah i guess uh you know before we go if you want to plug anything or let people know where to keep up with you or your projects uh, where we'll find the next kickstarter info when that's going to be available if there is one or... mm. um probably the best place to go i think we're probably most active on on facebook uh unfortunately the name of uh my um my uh like production company is like really hard to spell so <laughs> it's yeah. hard to find but um yeah fan phantasme video is yes. what it's called so that's a p-h-a-n-t-a-s-m-e-s video so if you search for that on on facebook um yeah we've got we keep it pretty updated on there and there's also a katzik blues um facebook so we're going to be 
we don't update that one quite as much now that the film's been out for a while, but there will be a bit of news on there in the coming week because I believe it's next week. The film is finally coming out in America on the 26th of June. Thank God. It's been such a long process. (laughs) It should have come out. Yeah. 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 Well, it's been VOD here for most of the year, but Mm -hmm. then the, the actual physical copies are finally coming, I think. So. Oh, shit. Is it on VOD there? I didn't even know that. Uh, <laughs> I had no idea. Like on Amazon Prime or something? Yeah, there's somewhere that you can, you can Vismo? rent it for sure. So. Vismo or something like that? Oh, I actually had absolutely no clue that, it, that that's probably why more people have seen it lately. Yeah. 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 I had no idea. <laughs> All right. Good. Excellent. So, yeah, what we'll, we'll include uh, the links on Facebook for your Facebook and for your Instagram and for the, uh, the, you know, the movie to order it when it comes available, if it's, if it's not available by then or uh, whatever we can link for you, we will link to uh, share for sure. Uh, But yeah, uh, I mean, from me, I found this movie on a recommendation from another podcaster who tries to keep up with the current stuff that's coming out and it just so happens that this is kind of hitting the u.s market this year so everyone's been kind of spreading the word around on the on the podcast circle and talking about it and so i decided to check it out and i i really loved the movie i think Mm -hmm. that it is is one of my favorite movies i've seen this year and uh, I, I, you know, appreciate that I was able to kind of track you guys down and get a hold of you and and get a little bit more info and stuff and just kind of get to know you a little better. Uh, yeah. So uh, you know, thank you for that. No, thank you so much. I yeah, I've enjoyed chatting about it. Yeah, it's good. Thank you. And uh, I don't know, Marco. Do you have anything else about the the movie or anything? Did we lose Marco? Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, I got. I, I kind of like that. You should just say nothing. No, I'm good. Just like click. Just hang up. No, you guys were cutting off. I'm sorry. Um, you asking me if I had anything else to add or? Um... Oh yeah, just before we go, if you had anything else about the movie or oh, whatever oh, sure. you wanted to say. Oh, yeah, man. The like, I um, <clears throat> my role. Is, is beginning to be on this podcast where I, I, um, I sit back and I wait for a text from Paul and he, he says, hey, check out this movie. You know, you might like it. And so I don't think he steered me wrong yet. And then this movie really, really got me. And like I said, if I could go through the range of emotions in a movie from beginning to end to where at the end, I'm just like, I seriously had a different, before the movie ended, I had a different uh, uh feeling of like okay this was cool and then all of a sudden the home video stuff started uh, you know did it and you close out the film that way and i was like man i i feel like emotional i feel you know like uh an attachment now to ted you know what i mean i want to protect him Uh, (laughs) so um and 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 when movies can do something like that i think i think man you you really got something there and you really did a a good job and you put your heart and soul into it, it and it showed you know um now, you know, again, it, it is it is a horror movie in my mind because it's got the horror elements, it's got everything. So, now I I really liked it, man, and I'm looking forward to uh, um, anything that you do in the future. Of course, we'll be watching, and I just you know thank you for coming on here and geeking out with us because I just like talking about movies, you know. Yeah, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I could yeah, yeah talk forever about films. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of, I course, of course, of course, sure, it. sure. <laughs> yeah, well, we always tell people when. They come on to talk about a movie that if at some point the opportunity comes up to come back on and talk about 
something else or even if it's not one of your own movies but you just come back on and we talk about some other movies that you like that's also mm. fine with us too so so yeah, yeah you should do you, an uh, australian horror special i could add some stuff oh stuff. yeah <laughs> yeah there's the, there's a few that i've seen and i know there's a lot um it's it's kind of the uh becoming this subgenre of sort of these uh, gritty australian horror movies that's been out lately this past i don't know five ten years or whatever they've really mm. been dropping yeah. some heat so Did, uh, if i could give the, you one uh, one recommendation yeah, for something if you enjoyed catsick blues one of the the biggest influences on it uh you might have seen it i think i don't know how popular it is in america but uh bad boy bubby not a horror movie but highly recommend watching it it's uh from the early 90s or late 80s and it's um yeah i, w- I won't say anything about it just watch it Okay. And, okay. Yeah. I wrote a, lo- a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of cat- the tone of Catsick Blues and uh, even Matt's uh, performance. A lot of that was uh, inspired by oh, cool. by that film. Yeah. So I highly recommend that if you want to see possibly my favorite Australian movie ever made. Perfect. Yeah. Bad Boy nice. Buffies. Mm. I like it. Mm. We're Very down. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm sure we'll stay in touch and and keep up with all the stuff you have going on. And as far as for the podcast here, we have some other shows coming up that I never know what they are. So I just tell everyone to keep following us on Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcast. Until next time, thanks and have a good night. Yes, yeah, sorry, I lost you guys for a second oh, there. Sorry. I was getting the whim of what we were asking, and just you just dropped out, and I was like, oh, shit, I hope you didn't ask me a question. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That's when it always happens, right? And you did. Yeah, you said that you're... Uh... You had an earthquake and your gas was out and stuff. Massive earthquake. So it's, uh, yeah, yeah. So I've had an ice cold shower and yeah. <laughs> oh, go? Mm. Nice. <laughs> was it uh, like really close to you? Like, is your your place okay or? Yeah, su- surprisingly, um, apparently no one's got hurt. There was a bit of damage and stuff, but it's um, yeah the biggest earthquake they've had in this area for for years apparently. Wow. So yeah, pretty scary because we're always told like the area that we're in is apparently due for like a big massive earthquake where everything's going to get destroyed so when it kicked in it was like okay this is it we're all going to yeah, die right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah we we hear that here in california about once a week so. <laughs> worst part is it would take the rock forever to get there to save all you guys (laughs) (laughs) he would not get there in time yeah (laughs) i've been really paranoid about this release because um 
Oh, they put terrible. up a they put up a trailer for it, like they'd made a new trailer, and it was just horrible. Like, it was, oh, really? like oh. they they cut it to make it look like a normal horror movie, and they'd um, color graded it and added all this ridiculous music. So I've been like mm-hmm. really paranoid that they've like <laughs> the film in some way, but right, yeah, right. I've had that experience before with something else I did. So yeah, it's kind of like I just want to see what that you've put the right version of the film on the DVD.